0: my friend to episode 2 of this 47 day deep dive through the gospel of Luke I'm so thankful that you're here again today to get into the word with me if you'd like to follow along the reading plan is linked in the description uh, you can click that link download it super free or you can just listen along as we read through Yesterday, we talked about the very beginning of the Gospel of Luke, laid the foundation of our introductory characters, talked about uh, the birth of John foretold and who John the Baptist would grow up to be. And then we had the annunciation to Mary and her child Jesus, who Jesus would grow up to be. The great significance of John as the messenger and Jesus as the promised Messiah. And today, uh, our characters are going to kind of share that great news as we read through Luke chapters 1, chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. So we're going to read through it. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts and minds to receive the truth of your word. During those days, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on will all ages call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He's thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich he has sent away empty. He's helped Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we have the visitation where Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth. And then the second section, the great canticle of Mary. Epic prayer uh, for Mary. Love it. So let's talk about the first section. There's so much here. Really, uh, all of this is identifying Mary, giving us some very important details about how we can look at and consider the character of Mary here in these uh, six or seven verses. Uh, So one, first thing talking about the infant John leaping in the womb of Elizabeth. So I think two, two connections I want to make here. One, maybe not super important connection, is in Genesis chapter 25, verse 22, Rebekah's children also like move around and jostle around in her womb. Very simply, a connection we could make there is that her children, Esau and Jacob, in particular Jacob, who becomes Israel, um, so the Israelite people, Jacob's the, the father of, of the Israelite people. Jacob's a major player. Jacob moves around his mother's womb. John is a major player. John moves around his mother's womb. So just very simple connection. May, for sure, more important connection is from the book, the second book of Samuel, chapter six, verse 16, where we have the Ark of the Covenant coming through And we find King David, it says, David was leaping and dancing before the Lord as the Ark of the Covenant went by. So the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was the container of the presence of the Lord for the Israelites. So the Ark of the Covenant as the container of the presence of the Lord, Mary is then the new Ark of the Covenant, and John, the ba- John, in his mother's womb, like David did in the Old Testament, John, in the presence of the new Ark of the Covenant, leaps for joy in his mother's womb. So Mary, we find right here, is the new Ark of the Covenant in the New Testament, who contains not simply the presence of the Lord, like in the Old Testament, but truly the Lord himself in Jesus Christ, in her womb. And then Elizabeth uh, says... Uh, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Those words that we, that we recite in the, the Hail Mary prayer, uh, but those, those are important for a few things. So we're going to say blessed is the fruit of your womb. The connection that maybe would, would make here what kind of significance this might mean and what Elizabeth is saying here uh, in blessed is the fruit of your womb is in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. It reads, all these blessings will come upon you. When you obey the voice of the Lord, may you be blessed in the city and blessed in the country, and blessed be the fruit of your womb. So it's talking about in the book of Deuteronomy that if you obey the voice of the Lord, you will be blessed, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So Elizabeth by the Holy Spirit is is because Elizabeth says it's she speaks in the power of the Holy Spirit, is making a comment about Mary's obedience, first first of all. Because she then says, blessed are you who believed. So Elizabeth's making a comment of like, blessed is the fruit of your womb because you obeyed what God asked of you. That fiat, that Mary gave that we talked about yesterday. I'm the handmaid of the Lord. But also, that's kind of an added note, like blessed is the fruit of your womb. The fruit of her womb is, is Jesus. The fruit of her womb is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the second person of the Trinity, God. So the fruit of her womb is quite blessed. Quite blessed indeed. Uh, so she can identify that uh, even before before Jesus' birth. Because she also then says, how can this be that the mother of my Lord comes to me? So Elizabeth in some way by the Holy Spirit can identify the fruit of Mary's womb is, is Jesus. And is then affirmed by the Holy Spirit speaking through Elizabeth that Mary is indeed giving birth to a Savior. That Mary's not simply giving birth to some average Joe child, but uh, to the Savior. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. She also says, blessed are you among women. I have two. I love these connections. This this gets me fired up. So two power players of women in the Old Testament that we can make a connection with here. One is uh, in the book of Judges chapters four and five, uh, the woman JL I, or J-L, is it her name's J A E L. J L. We're going to call it J L. I don't know how to pronounce these things. Um, so, the context in Judges chapters four and five uh, the Israelites are oppressed by the Canaanite army, and the general of the army is named Sisera. So, in Judges chapter four, verse 21, this is what we read about JL. This is what JL does. It says, JL, wife of Heber, got a tent peg. And took a mallet in her hand. Then when Sisera was in deep sleep from exhaustion, she approached him stealthily and drove the peg through the temple and down into the ground and he died. Jael in the Old Testament took a tent peg, like a a tent stake and and a hammer, and pounded a peg through the temple of the general of the other army while he was sleeping epic warrior JL in the Old Testament. And why is this connect to Mary? Because then in chapter 5, verse 24, it says, most blessed among women is JL. And blessed are you among women, is what Elizabeth says. Second connection, second epic woman in the Old Testament is Judith. So in the book of Judith herself, uh, chapter 13, so the context is there's a conflict against the Assyrian army. And the general has a super weird name again, Holo, Holo, Holofernes, or Holofernes. I, I, who, who knows? Holofernes. Um, so verses 6 through 8, what Judith does, says, She went to the bedpost near the head of Holofernes, and taking his sword from it, with all her might, she struck his neck twice and cut off his head that Judith also kills the general of the opposing army. And how does that connect with Mary? Verse 18, chapter 13, verse 18, the book of Judith says, Blessed are you, daughter, above all women on earth. Blessed are you above all women. What does Elizabeth say to Mary? Blessed are you among women. So Mary, in a very direct way, what Elizabeth is saying when she says, blessed are you among women, is Mary is being compared to, to these two epic warriors in the Old Testament. Mary is compared to the great female warriors of the Old Testament scriptures. That's sweet. That's super cool. We we can then think of Mary not as a kind of a well b- I mean both as gentle mother and and virgin and consoler but also like Mary the Mary the warrior. That's that's the biblical Mary in some sense. That's sweet. So then we have Mary's reaction um, to this, what Elizabeth says to her. And a lot of Mary's, uh, her prayer, which we call the Canticle of Mary, is talking about what God is like and how he works in salvation. This is a, it's a big kind of descriptor of, of God that Mary reveals. So uh, first thing is that a lot of what Mary says is references from the Psalms. There are a lot of psalm connections. Like Psalm 35, I will rejoice in the Lord, exalt in God's salvation. Psalm 113, he raises the needy from the dust, lifts the poor from the ash heap. Psalm 111, he sent release to his people, decreed his covenant forever, and holy is his name. Psalm 126, our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues sang for joy, the Lord has done great things for us. And we could do Psalm 89, Psalm 103. Uh, Again, these are all kind of like footnote, uh, hyperlinked things from from my Bible, but there's so many uh, like Psalm references that Mary's referencing the Psalm. But the themes, the themes in all of these, are themes of salvation, deliverance, and restoration of fortunes to the lowly. But these are these are kind of the general themes from from those Psalms and the theme of Mary's Canticle. We're mostly kind of just talking about this in general. Uh, the theme of what Mary's talking about is. God's bringing about salvation, God's bringing about deliverance, and God's bringing about restoration of fortune to the lowly. And this is the, the same themes from Hannah's prayer in the Old Testament in the first book of Samuel chapter 2, which totally parallels these two, these two prayers, the canticle of Mary and the prayer of Hannah in the Old Testament are very, very similar. Um, so like, I mean, first line. Of Hannah's prayer is my heart exalts in the Lord my strength is exalted by my God sounds totally similar to the beginning of Mary's canticle Uh, the the thrust of Hannah's prayer is talking a lot about the might of God and what does God do he lifts up the lowly and brings down the powerful he feeds the hungry and the poor and the rich and the full are empty these are the same themes that we find in Mary's canticle and this is what God does. This is what Mary's talking about in her great prayer. Is that we have a we have a mighty God who's bringing about his salvation and bringing about deliverance to his people and he's doing this this flipping of fortunes. This reversal of fortunes that the lowly, the lowly among God's people are going to be brought up to bring down the powerful. God's going to look at the hungry and the poor and make them fed. And the rich and the full are going to become empty. God's like flipping things upside down. He's looking upon the lowly and restoring their fortunes and reversing the fortunes of people on earth. This is a theme that we'll come back to often in in the gospel as we read through this. But that's that's what God is doing here. And the last line that that I want to look at is is the end of the most important significance of what Mary's talking about. She says, He has helped Israel his servant, remembering his mercy according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. So in the book of Genesis, God made a covenant with Abraham that he would he would bless his descendants, the his chosen ones, the people of of Abraham's line, the Israelites. Uh, and I'm sure at times throughout the Old Testament it looks like God's not keeping not being faithful to that covenant and maybe even up until Mary's time. Um, but the prophet Micah in chapter seven verses 18 through 20, what he says is this. I'm just going to read it. Who is a God like you who removes guilt and pardons sin for the remnant of his inheritance, who does not persist in anger forever, but instead delights in mercy and will again have compassion on us, treading underfoot our iniquities, you will cast into the depths of the sea all our sins you will show faithfulness to jacob and loyalty to abraham as you have sworn to our ancestors from days of old the prophet is the prophet micah is saying that we have a god who is faithful to his promises and faithful to the covenant that he made to abraham and what mary is saying here is that god is fulfilling this covenant with abraham through her. That the the blessedness that God promised to Abraham and to his descendants is reaching its highest fulfillment in and through Mary and through her son, Jesus Christ. And that covenant and that promise is deliverance, it's salvation, and it's raising up the lowly. God looking on the lowliness of Mary and the lowliness of the poor and the lowly and the orphan and brings Jesus into the world to raise up those from the bottom and bring them to the top. That's the nature of our God. And I think that that is very good news for us. That we who uh, are, are poor and broken and weak and lowly and sinful, God came for us. Jesus came for us to raise us, particularly us who are broken, us who are, are lowly and weak Jesus came for you and me, my friends, to raise us up to the heights of all that we're made for. And that's incredibly good news. And that's uh, that's where we begin this story of salvation, this incredible story of the gospel that we have. The Savior coming to raise us up out of our lowliness to greatness. Incredible good news. I hope you got something out of this today. Uh, and I pray that you continue to read along with us. I hope to see you tomorrow. Let's pray those great words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.